Hi, welcome to the Happiness Hive podcast. I'm Catherine Bowyer and I am completely fascinated by people and what motivates them. I've spent the past three and a half decades specialising in mindset and human behaviour and I've helped thousands of people to create happy and amazing lives. And now I am super excited to be chatting with women from around the world who I have secret and to be honest, not so secret crushes on. They're women who inspire me. I'm intrigued as to how they do life and what makes them tick. I want to find out their magic formula that makes them who they are. And at the end of the episode, I'd love for you to say, I'd like a little bit of what she's having. The conversations are real and raw. They're full of passion, inspiration and lots of fun. And nothing is off limits. So grab yourself a cuppa or pop on your trackie and go for a walk and join us for today's chat. There may just be that pearl of wisdom you need to hear. So let's shimmy on over and get started. My guest today, Patty Elvey, all the way from California in the USA, is just going to light up your soul. I met Patty last year through my studies with spiritual psychology and we just connected and it's been a beautiful journey. And I really, I just want to chat more with Patty today about how she does life. So welcome, Patty. How are you? I'm great. I'm really glad to be here. It is, it's, it just brings me present, which makes me really happy. So I'm yes. in the perfect place. <laughs> you are in the perfect place. And when we were chatting, like last time we were chatting, and I recall asking you how you were. And I said, tell me everything that's going on for you. And you paused. I remember you paused. You thought about it and you said to me, I choose happiness. And that just instantly lit up my soul. But I want to explore with you about, <laughs> and you said it again today that about being happy. Tell me how you've got to that place. What does that mean for you? You know, it's really funny because however we started that conversation last time, in my brain somewhere, I had some idea that I need to do it in the fewest possible words. And I don't know where that came from, if that was part of the inquiry or if that I made that up. But I choose happy as the most succinct, effective, honest answer I could have in that moment. And it inspired me, too, to know that that's always a choice. And I, I try to live my life. I mean, I've had a very long life a varied, very varied life, so many dimensions in so many ways. And choosing happy is is always a good answer for me and brings me into alignment with divine purpose. Because I, oh, I, I love that. I love the that. divine has only only wants good for us, even in the worst of things. And as I was thinking about it today, happiness can be a choice even in the worst situations. It might be different levels of happy. You know, I'm it's not the same as birthday party for a one-year-old that whenever it's an earthquake because we had an earthquake here today by the way in my neighborhood a little morning, it was a oh, 6.1 or 5.1 which is a rumble a real rumble but it was like even if the house had come tumbling down there is an opportunity to choose happy to be alive happy for this breath happy that I know loving humans you know happiness that you know, there might be a tomorrow. There's so many, so many levels of happiness hive. And, you know, it's funny today too, because I had not been feeling well and I did wake mm-hmm. up thinking I was flying around the hive and what's going to make it into the hive. So I curled my hair 
And I said, I'm just going to be happy. I'm going to get, if I have a red nose, if I am blowing my nose through the entire thing, I'm going to show up happy because I can and I choose happy. And oh my I, gosh, Patty. I love, I love, there is so many things that you've already packed into that. And the thing for me is I say it a lot about one of the most courageous decisions that I've made in my life is choosing to be happy. Because my story is, and I won't go through that all again now, but, you know, after mum died, I wasn't happy for a long time. And then I got to a point where I went, you know what, I can make, it's up to me how I'm going to live my life. And I consciously chose that I was going to live my best and most beautiful life that I could. And I think that's what you're sharing as well, that we have a choice regardless of what's going on. And earthquakes are serious stuff. But but we have a choice as to how we respond to what's going on. And that's what I'm hearing you saying. Yes, absolutely. And also I find, and you may, you may share in this by knowing that it's up to me and I make the choice and I choose happy. It's incredibly empowering. It's incredibly enlightening and energizing for me. There's a vitality in saying it's my choice and I choose happy regardless of what's going on. And, you know, life throws as many curveballs, giant, very fast propelled volleyballs right at my gut all the time, you know, but I have a choice and in my response. And it's that responsibility, which is responsibility. My ability to respond is happy and to do empowering choices. And I I love that about our lives as humans and, you know, and, and, Animals and so many creatures don't have that option. And, yes. and, and I sometimes we feel with the earthquake, the dog, the poor dog was so upset and it didn't have a choice about how to respond. It couldn't choose happy in that moment. Yes. Yes. So it's an interesting thing. It was another little reflection of, of this beautiful little dog was so sad about the house shaking for no apparent reason. Oh my God. There's, I, I want to go back and check in with a couple of things with you there. First of all, I want to say your hair is absolutely <laughs> Thank stunning. You. So for, um, Patty has gorgeous blonde hair <laughs> that has been curled and it just looks absolutely stunning. And she's wearing black and black glasses and just the contrast of black and white. You look like hot, 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 gorgeous. <laughs> um, and that's a choice that we can make too. If maybe if we're not feeling, because you said that you weren't feeling great. And so sometimes just by changing our, you know, doing something that makes us happy can put us into yeah. that. Taking moment. an action. Yep. And it's like, I'll curl my hair and that'll, I'll feel better about yeah. it. It'll yeah. make, maybe it'll be an easier choice for me or a more honest choice for me. Yes. Yes. And I also wanted to say about choosing happiness. Do you think you, and are you, do you think, are you happy all the time? Are there times when you choose not to be happy? If I, no, I would never choose not to be happy. I do Mm. believe that I can say that, but there's plenty of times I'm not aware that I have forgotten to choose happy. There's plenty of times that I stumble. I, I'd like to think of, um, myself as a commitment to living my divine purpose. And I know yes. divine is, is all, is there's no negativity in the divine. So I call it a straight, narrow, very thin line. Mm-hmm. So I fall off that line. I waver from that line. I stumble on a regular basis. And so for me, it's about how quickly do I recognize that? Because 
the straight and narrow line is I choose happy regardless. I choose service regardless. I choose joy. I choose support. I choose self-love. Yes. All of those things are in the same straight and narrow life choice. And, and then there's all the stuff we do as humans in our lives and all that can fall into it, but it's, it all involves me. Everything I do in my life involves me. So if I'm choosing happy or aware that that's my intention, I can get back to that. And the things I do in the world, I believe that I do better. And it's more fun to be around me when I'm doing things in my life. <laughs> if I choose happy. <laughs> and I have and a I liked what you experience where it wasn't that way. So I've matured into this. That's the other thing I really have to say is this is a lifelong learning yeah. to choose daily moment to moment to recognize that it is my choice and yeah. I'm responsible to that choice. Love it. I'm going to dip back into some of the things that have happened growing up because you said you've had a very long life. But before we do that, I wanted to, when you said you set the intention for being happy, I really relate to that because I'll be really honest. Like my, my, my intention is to be happy and live my best and most beautiful life. But there are days when I am not feeling great. And what I've learned is to acknowledge that. I have what I call a five-minute pity party, and I wallow. Like, I will sit in that feeling like whatever. But what I've done is I've learned to recognize, acknowledge, and allow those emotions to move through me. But I don't stay there for very long. Yes. Whereas before I used to stay there because my intention is to live my best and most beautiful life. And being a sad, sorry sack is not part of that, but I know it is part of it. So I allow it. I don't pretend it's not there, but I don't stay there for very long. Yes. And that's that sounds like a beautiful solution. And for me, it's about, you know, life does what it does. And your intention is clear and ignoring the need to wallow is even less than being happy. Like I'm happy to choose wallowing right now. It's even to go there. Like I'm happy to let my, to stick with my intention. And this is simply what I need to do because I wasn't expecting this or I, you know, for me, instead of wallowing, actually I curled my hair, but it was, (laughs) you know, it's like, you think I really wanted to do that plug in the rollers. I had to get them out of the storage, you know, bin and everything else, you know, because I don't use them very often, but I went through all that. And the other thing that's interesting about that, I can't help but bring up now and I don't want to be off course, but that's good because of that intention. And I understand yours. It it matches a lot about mine, but by making that choice to be happy, I'm okay. I'm going to curl my hair. I got a phone call because I'm looking for a new place to live. And I've been looking for, I've been looking for a year, but I'm getting down to where I need to find someplace soon. And I've been working with it in various ways. And somebody called me and said, I, here's this place. And I said, I, I have to leave right now if I can go see it and still get back in time for the podcast. And amidst all the things that, you know, I really wasn't feeling that well, I kind of had to come back and make time to curl my hair and, <laughs> and race, race, race to this place. But you know what? It was extraordinarily happy and it was beautiful and it was such a right thing to do because I just allowed my energy to flow instead of saying, Oh, I'm tired. I don't feel good. I have to be ready for this and I better not. Instead, I went with it and it was extraordinary. I really think I'm going to commit to this, this place that I just saw that really feels beautiful. And oh, that's where I want to be, but I just kept going with it and it was very unexpected. And when I woke up this morning or even yesterday, I would have never thought I was able to do that. But I, I was, and there it was, and it came from that intention of, and that choice. 
and it flow. I just let it flow. I didn't get in the way. I love, love that. So you let it flow and you didn't get in the way. Can we break that down? And maybe you can't, I'm not sure. What are the doing things? <laughs> maybe it's not a doing thing, it's a oh, being thing. Yeah. But just for the listeners to sort of get an, a sense of what that might be and how they can get into flow. And you sort of explained some of it by not, you, you allowed yourself to do yeah. it. Well, what a, it's interesting because I think it might be supportive to know that I listened to the messaging I was getting like, oh, you know, you can't. And, and I was overriding with that intention which has a greater frequency, a greater vibrancy, a greater authority of my being able to choose my responsibilities. Like, you know, I, I just didn't listen to the voices that were holding me back, really. And they were wow. there. like, oh, you can't, I shouldn't, why, how, all of those possibilities are standard inner directives that don't come from the inner that it's the highest authority of me or the inner guide or the inner truth, really, that I think we all have and that I have practiced very, very much for a very long time to recognize that voice, where it comes from. And I can feel when a voice isn't coming from that place. And so I noticed them, I heard them, and I made a decision to ignore them and override them with the joy of of being happy and moving in a direction that could really bring me happiness. And the good news is, is it took nothing from me. I didn't come back tired. I didn't come back too late. This is hilarious. This is really funny because I feel so supported by the spirit in my brain. I thought our our timing started 30 minutes before it really did. So Uh when I raced in with just 15 minutes to go and I still was going to curl, I was going to finish everything I wanted to do to be happy. I actually had 45 minutes. It's like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. So if I had not, if I had not listened to my higher authority in a way or my real truth or my real joy, I would have ended up sitting around. It it just would have been waste. I don't know. It would have been a whole different experience, but I paid attention and I got gifted. It seems like I felt like it was a gift. It's like I, that's the way I experienced life working when we make these intentions and decisions and make a decision to honor those at the highest possible way and pay attention to the, what's going on, there's always an extra blessing at the end. And that to me, it was an extra 30 minutes where I could just spend a minute with the dog. And, you know, (laughs) I took my time. I rest. I took, you know, it was fun. It was actually fun. And I I made those extra minutes fun. Well, that's beautiful, Patty, that it's about really listening to the voices, you know, the, the sense of, and you could have easily have just gone, no, it's all too hard. And they could have overridden and then the experience, you know, what you said before about matching the frequency, the vibrational level that you've actually chosen to not listen to those voices that are going, oh, really, do you want to do it? But instead you've gone, I'm going to be open to the opportunity that's being gifted to me. And it sounds like beautiful things are coming from it. And you know, um, there's one little, one little adjustment there, because honestly, for me, it's an awareness of the voices versus listening to them. Because oh, listening sure. to them would have yeah. been an action was taken. If like oh, okay. to your mother, yeah. when she says you can't go outside, you sit down and you listen to your mother. But so, so for oh, me, I, yes, it's, yes. I, I'm aware of them. I might hear them, but I don't listen to them. I make my choices based on my own inner authority, not on what's going on um, with those voices and with those directives that aren't coming from the place in me that I know 
I want to listen to versus oh, that's interesting. Of. That's interesting because for me, listening isn't acting on. So I think we're probably saying, I don't know, in my mind, maybe the same thing, but different. It may be. It may be. Levels, because listening to doesn't mean I respond and act on. Okay. But maybe that's good for me, thinking about, well, being aware of them. I like that. Thank you. And it might that's, be less distracting because if you have to stop to listen to them versus yeah. be aware of them, they're there. I know they're there. Love it. But I don't take that. I don't even pause to listen to that voice. Yes. I yes. pause when I know it's this other truth that I listen to. I love that because I think that's giving me some insight because what I do is be aware of them, but I've just used that language that I listen to, but that's actually given me some different insights. So thank you very much about that. Thank you. you There's parts of us that have response to language. Words are interesting for me. I've always been aware. And what's, you know, my, my, my youth, my history always had me attuning to the words around me because they, the good news is I couldn't listen to them because they were harsh. Yes. And so I became aware and maybe that's part of how I made that yeah. definition as two separate yeah. things for me. My environment yeah. promoted that and it's very personal. I suspect me it may not work for you, but that's where I catch the difference with those voices. And then I, I make it. You know, I really like hearing that for me, the, the language is not maybe as important as it is for you. So tell me a little bit more about your backstory, because I know that it's been. Well, you know, there's so varied. many. There's, there's so many. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so just whatever comes for yeah. you, just a snapshot like, you know, maybe. Of- like I, there's the one that I'll say in particular relating to that one is there was a large family in a small town, very narrow minded town that to me felt harsh because they are very limited in their thinking and their expression and their expectations in the world. But I had this wonderment always. And there were a lot of people around me who had challenges in happiness. Yes. Yeah. Challenges in happiness. So I would become very aware and watch and hear a lot of things. Even when I was, I mean, I'm talking the first memory I have of words between people that love each other, treating each other poorly. I was four days old. So I was very having this acute awareness of my environment, which is probably mm. why I, I do the same thing with my inner environment and how I use mm. words of listening versus mm. awareness, mm. Uh, because I certainly couldn't communicate back then. But also my mother said I never, I was very, very silent all the time. I never cried. I didn't ask for anything. I think I just was trying not to disturb the peace. Because if other people were disturbing the peace, uh, my older siblings and my younger siblings eventually if I didn't have to contribute to that by being quiet and observing, then that was my preference. So I didn't ask for a lot. I didn't ex- ask for attention. I didn't ask anything be- that worked for me. And then I also found, and then doing that, I tried to be in service all the time so that the, the least disturbance there could be around me, whether it was doing the laundry, doing the dishes, helping the cook, taking care of my brothers as I grew a little older, taking care of the house, you know, whatever I could do. I think I did. I learned to do a lot of things that my inner 
authority was simply trying to keep the peace. It was, it didn't, it didn't work, but it didn't I, work. <laughs> it did not work, but you know what I did anyway, and I did it for a long time and it took me many, many years, decades and a lot of work because I've been doing workforce, personal growth and effectiveness and understanding really. It's all about yeah. understanding. Yes. It took me a very long time to realize that that was my choice. Nobody made me do that. And nobody, I mean, it might not have gotten done by anybody, but people live that way all the time. But I, I made these choices and I, I understood that these choices were from a place in me of thinking if there's, if I don't make, if I don't add to the disturbance, then I'm doing, that's a good thing. That's a good contribution. Yeah. And I do think it made me happy. I do think there was a part of me that felt when I went into the house or walked around or looked around, I felt happier having done what I did. Um, and I begrudged it a lot when I was in it, but in, in reflection, you know, I know I was better because of it. And I think everybody else was too. Yeah. And, and you had, yes, yes. And it's interesting hearing that, that you had an aware or a memory from such a young age. That's, I find that I'm curious about that because I, I don't, <laughs> but to have that memory and the impact and the, to me that, that is indicative of your, the work that you've done and the knowledge of yourself as well. Well, there's yeah. very many pieces to that memory that yes. took many years. I would dream about that memory actually for many, 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 many years. And wow. when I began the personal effectiveness work 40 years ago, almost 35 years ago, through the first several years and maybe even decade during trainings, I would have that same dream, but sometimes another piece was revealed. And then I would another training, maybe six months or a year later, even, you know, I would, you know, I think whenever I immerse myself in the opportunity for personal growth, for awakening to my truth and using all the gifts that, and processes that are put together to support the soul having a human experience in many ways, things can be a, more awareness opens if you're available to receive. So I would yes. get extra little pieces about this dream. So it took a long time for it to become very clear exactly what the dream was about. Yeah. But as I got clear about that, the pieces started to unfold as to how and why me. And there's a, an extraordinarily broader story that we couldn't do in the time we yeah, have. In the time. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's really, uh, to me, it's just, it's such a gift and, and it contributes to my happiness. To, I like, I like to understand. Although, you know, the first law of spirit is acceptance. I yes. had, to, I had to start there and that was clearly a giant leap because it's a leap you have to make in every moment. But as I accepted the truth and better, bigger, more deeper ways, I'd say, the understanding became much more clear and much more constant. There was a flow of understanding that for me personally, that makes a huge difference. I mean, I think everybody's different. Someone else may not have or need that. I was having that conversation with somebody last night, actually, on the phone, one of my dearest forever friends. Yeah. And um, understanding doesn't always come to people, and sometimes people don't need it. And I, I think I did, but I did the work to get to where understanding became available to me. And, yeah. and I'm grateful because it all makes more sense to me with understanding that I can look at the journey from four days. And actually, it started before then, the reality yeah. is, 
up until now, the journey, I, I can really have a, a whole perspective about this journey. And, and my life has been very uncharacteristic of norms. You know, I've, I've many, many jobs, many, many careers, many, lots of movement, lots of new choices all the time. And I was always choosing for the highest possible task of my divine purpose. And in the end, that's what makes me happy. So it what is does a, that mean? What does that mean, Patty, that you're choosing for the highest possible good of your divine purpose? What so does for, that mean to you? Yeah. Well, I think for, for me, it means at any, at any given day, yeah. I always had more than one choice, whether it's to stay in a career, to take a, to take a new career from, I'm going to just give up and live in my car. I had a great car. I had a, I had a great car at the time. I could have lived in. It was a big car, you know, like there's, there's always choices. And I was very aware of all the choices, but I also made a commitment to self understanding. I think that's really what it was that even when I was young, like I knew I wasn't going to stay in that town. Um, yeah. Graduation was on Thursday night. I was on a plane Thursday night at 6 PM. Eastern time. I was in, I was in Pennsylvania on a 6 a.m. plane. I was, I was out of there. You'd left straight I, after. It, it, you know, and I, I came back, but never for long. And then eventually I stopped coming back most of the time, but I didn't have to. My choice could, I had so many choices. And then in college now, I mean, you know, I had marriage proposals. I had opportunities to be a part of different things. Yes. But. They would, my life would have never been the freeing journey, the intense journey. See, the intensity of my soul journey, which has been happening on earth this time, was not something that I could have done this completely with a partner. There would have been a sacrifice. Although I do think that I am lovable, love able. Yes. (laughs) In that, it took me a long time to get there. So in being love able, I am prepared, I think, to, to have fun with a partner because all the work, hard work I've done is behind me. So now I have that freedom to just experience happiness, be happy, be loving at my highest level and even become happier and more in my high, my highest level of loving can increase with a partner. So interesting. looking for, you know, a nice guy. I love men. I have, I had five brothers. I know a lot about how to deal with guys <laughs> and, and, and I have a lot of room, but I also just love human connection. I, I think the idea of sharing stories and growing old with, uh, with someone could be really fun, really fun. fun. That's yeah. beautiful, Patty, just hearing. And I know that there, there's so much to your your, your stir, story, your journey that we, that people can reach out and connect with you if they want to find out more about that. But the, the self-awareness is what comes through for me and that self-connection. And there was something that you had said in our, our study, our, our class, the recent class, and you said you had to risk it all to return to loving me. And that's almost some of the stuff that you were talking about. But tell me a little bit more about risking it all to return to loving me. Yeah, that was amazing because, you know, we've been in this class, this particular class for two years. And I have a master's in spiritual science as well. This will be in spiritual psychology. I have a lot of life experience and I work on loving. I mean, loving is my nature. In spite of the environment, I, I always chose loving, but I, 
was shocked Sunday morning when I heard the song Return to Love, that it came through as a frequency as like, I, I now can say I love me and be happy about it. And it's only because I have risked everything to do it. And the risk came for me by constantly making day in, day out, moment to moment choices for listening to that place in me that knows my soul's divine purpose. Because we all have that. Believe it or not, it's there. It's not easy at all. The commitment level is enormous. Risking, I've risked family relationships. I've risked friends. I've risked security. I've risked payment fortune maybe in some ways, you know, for all the people in my life that said I could have, should have, would have. It's like, it's none of your business to know what I could have, should have, would have done. I'm doing exactly what I meant to do. And I always had this clarity about that. And it's because of my relationship with spirit. But because I had this partner in my life all along, I had greater strength to let go and risk it all. Yeah. The more I risk it all, the more I have. Yeah. And that's been extraordinary and surprising. And I'm not done risking. I'm not done. I'm, I'm probably part of me feels like I'm just beginning, but to return to loving me is something I, I didn't know I had such a privilege available to me and oh. I'm almost 70. So yeah. to oh, know that wow. now that it, it's like the best is yet to come for real because it is that makes me that love able to be able to have a loving in a way that's so anchored in the freedom to, to love it all, to be it all, to risk it all. And I'm very comfortable with risking it all. And I don't Mm -hmm. have such harsh responsibilities I place on myself that if I do, then a lot, a lot of times my life was, if I do that, somebody's not going to approve or somebody's not going to understand it. And even if that's true, letting go of living my life for the approval of people that I love, I could, I had to give that up. I had to risk that. And, and if I risk that, then I had, they get to decide if they still love me or not. Based on results, they don't, but that's okay. It's okay. Well, the reality is that the behavior doesn't demonstrate it. I don't believe loving ever ends. So if they ever loved me, then we'll see, maybe they'll return to loving me. But it is an interesting component of this humanity and it's okay because it doesn't change me loving others. I I make that choice. I I learned a long time ago through relationships with guys, you know, that loving doesn't end. Loving is an ongoing thing when I choose that. And just because relationships fail or hurt happens, the loving doesn't, it's just eternal. And that's freeing as well. So That is beautiful. And do you know what I get, Patty, that, you embody what you're saying that it's not about this concept it's part of your being is what I'm picking up and certainly through getting you know knowing you it is part of your being and who you are and it is can be challenging to be true to ourselves when we know when being true to ourselves may impact relationships that we have. And I've, I've definitely fall into this category that I have not been true to myself a lot of the time in fear of 
how I'm being perceived or the impact I have on others. And like you, I feel like I'm coming into my best years, that all the experience that I've been through has been helping me to be really comfortable and confident with who I am as I am. And I, and it's not been for a lot of years, but I can honestly say that I love who I am and I really like the the person that I am. I haven't always been, I've, God, that's been such a struggle for me to get to that place because what would, what I would do is go, yeah, but, you know, I like this part of me, but, or I don't really very, very critical self-talk. So I've moved through that still comes up, you know, that the critical me still comes up, but I really do like and love who I am. And I know a lot of women don't and men, but a lot of women don't and it's challenging. So lots of little tidbits and through your experience, but are there any things that could help women, particularly who are struggling with that self-love concept? Well, uh, first of all, you do beautifully at that. That's what I think our connector, the recognition of wanting, choosing, you know, to be the best we can and to yes. love who we are. Yes. And yes. I haven't always been that way, but yes. part of the risking it all. I mean, I had to risk giving up my self-degradation, my and like that was that there was another there is that self-talk that denies me being who I am, makes it yeah. wrong, um, thinks it should be different. And it's very much in me. There's a lot of outside voices that project. Yeah. So one of the things that may help other people is to have that awareness that is this true for me or is it somebody else's truth? And then to try to develop a protection for yourself and even ask for it's like, I just want to be safe. Can I just have like this? Can I live in a glass house that nobody knows? But everybody can come into my glass house if I invite them. But no people judging me harshly, maliciously, intentionally or hurtful reasons. It doesn't get through my glass house. It's yes. not going to get through. It won't penetrate. And then I, I, but I can talk to them. They can talk to me. There's relationship because it's the protection is protecting only from those things you don't want in. Yes. And, yeah. and for me, the outer languages and that came that I didn't understand. And it, and the other thing about those people seeing things or those situations, most of it has nothing to do with you. So yes. whoever's listening to this, it most of it has nothing to do with you. That is like such a freeing concept. So to begin to really allow that to be true, like, wow, whatever they're saying has nothing. It's about them. They might yes. be calling, naming me, but it's not about me. So I go free and I can love them from here. And maybe just loving them will change them, but it yes. doesn't have to. Yes. But not loving yes. them doesn't help anybody. Yeah. So it's a very interesting practice and for me I've been practicing my entire life yeah. so I I really have to surrender to it's not easy it's a practice every day absolutely absolutely a practice every day and there was some of the things that you were saying there like I haven't felt that it has been safe to express the true my authentic self you know for a whole I won't go into yeah. you know reasons why but I haven't felt safe so one of my affirmations over the years is it is safe 
for me to be who I am. It is safe for me to show up how I want to show up. And that has helped me to sort of, you know, work through some of those limiting beliefs and, you know, those words that were, you know, told to me that, you know, I I had people in a professional context telling me that I'm intimidating and I need to tone things down. I have a suggestion for that. Yeah. Because showing up as you are is exactly what you, I encourage you to do. Yeah. You are. And and yet the world sometimes isn't ready for that. So don't show up less, but you have a rheostat. It's like, okay, what my environment, what's going to be useful is try it down a notch. I'm fully me, but I can make a choice to adjust to the crowd, so to speak. Oh, it could be a one conversation. It could be a group. And the intimidation would be the rheostat because you can just show up. And the, with the magnificent, you're radiant, you're, you are attractive in such a way to be happy around you. Even that's a lot for people, but be that. But then the yes. communication, the words, uh, you, sometimes you can just do it with your eyes fully on, but the words can just say hello, but they're yes. getting all of the truth of you just in a, in your glance. So yes. this may yes. help to let you be, don't be less than you, but yes. have a little bit of a rheostat that is, you're refining it and attuning it to the room, to the company that you're in, and then give yourself a chance to be in nature in places where there is nobody and be full on no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think for me it was about it's okay to be who I am. Exactly. But, you know, almost giving myself permission. There was something else that you had said in there, that, but that's gone completely out of my mind at the moment, but that's okay. <laughs> no, you are being fully. That's what I love. And, again, I think it was our attractor. Because yes, yes. you were in that, you were in that interest in being fully you. And yes. it was coming through here and there. And we immediately connected there. And then we yes. connected after that to keep nourishing yes. that. And now yes. it's like, it's unstoppable. It's like a raging train. It's beautiful. And yes. I love that. I love that. And yes. anybody who is not comfortable in that, that's on them. Yeah. And that was the bit that, that that's come back into my mind now about the, principle of whatever's causing disturbance in us is bringing something forward to be healed within us so it might be an experience with somebody else that is triggering something in us it's not looking the 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 situation although part of it is looking at the situation but the first point I go to is what is that bringing up in me why is that? Why am I being triggered? Not why is the person yeah. triggering me, but why am I being triggered? And what is that bringing forward to be, you know, in, in my language, healed or resolved? Yeah. Nourished. Yeah. Nourished. Yes. Sometimes nourished. nurtured. Sometimes it just needs a little love. In a bit of attention. Way. Yes. So I think yeah. that's a a nice little tip because I, in my coaching practice, I hear a lot of people saying, I'm dealing with this complex you know, difficult relationships and it's all about the other person and blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, well, what's that bringing up? Why is that bringing that up in you? Where's that coming from? What's your part in this? What is it that you need to look at within yourself so you can get some resolution? That's some so people true. get that concept really quickly. Others are just like, nah, it's still about the other person. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's that, that aspect of responsibility is like, so what yeah. if you are in charge of your, re- what's your responsibility in the relationship? What's your ability to respond when you're triggered? And it's like, yeah. if I have to fight back, it's like, well, does that make you happy? 
So what if you modify your responsibility to being loving, nourishing, walk away, get your coat, regroup, come back later, all kinds of possibilities to support the relationship they're in, but to to work it and then demonstrate an alternative with their own personal responsibility that may support the other person in taking some responsibility as well. Yes. Absolutely. Words, responsibility. Yeah, that, that's certainly almost bringing the, the conversation to, you know, back to where we started. And just really quickly, Patty, before we do bring it to a close, what's next for you? Well, I'm going to, I'm writing because my, uh, there's so much richness in my journey, so yes. much learning, so much truth that I'm writing. So I, I, I plan to complete a book by the end of the year and then see oh how God. that gets out in the world. But I think because there's so much, it's, it's, I'm just going to do highlights in this book. I have some ideas of exactly how to lay it out for each decade, which means, you know, what did I learn between birth and 10 years old? And so do a couple stories from each decade. And then when that's complete, I'll begin to write singular stories about situations that are shorter stories, but maybe, you know, maybe 50 of them that just become, you can pick them up on the shelf. And oh my gosh, various topics, but I think I've already have at least 30 titles and instances to to grow to expound upon but I, I think that's part of my divine purpose because I really worked my life completely yeah. and I'm still doing that and I think that I do believe the best is yet to come oh I Patty we could talk forever and ever and ever and we will bring it to a close now so thank you very much that has just been Beautiful to be in your presence again and so many pearls of wisdom, like so many, too many for me to even just sum up right now. So I really thank you very much for hanging out with me today. Well, I feel very happy. I'm, I'm so grateful, really, too. I mean, it's so, uh, was such a surprise when you asked and yet I, I couldn't possibly say no. I love being with you. I love the conversations we share and I love that we have so many common goals in our lives of being happy. Yes, I do too. So if anybody wants to get in contact with Patty, we've got the contact details in the show notes. So hugs and great big happiness to you, Patty. And thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today. And don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible. You can keep the conversation going on my Happiness Hive socials. And if you'd like some more high vibe happiness in your life, come and join me in our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.